0: Hi there, this is Celeste Davis and you're listening to Ladies on a Roll. I'm flying a little solo today as my partner in crime is a little bit under the weather. So I'm going to attempt to do this by myself. I think it should be a lot of fun because uh, I'll probably just laugh at my own jokes. Today's topic is called The Rum Diary. And the reason why we chose to do this movie is because... Of the current climate about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, we were just so excited to learn just a little bit more about them. And we were really excited to watch the movie and see what their chemistry was like, because after all, this is the movie they met on, and this is the movie that they had some chemistry on. So we both wanted to watch it, and we both wanted to kind of join in the conversation, to what everyone else is talking about. So basically the summary of the movie is about American journalist Paul Kemp who takes on a freelance job in Puerto Rico for a local newspaper during the 1960s and tries to find... A balance between the island culture and the crazy people who live there also you don't know this movie was actually a book it is the second book from this author hunter s thompson this is the second movie johnny depp did for this author i should say and uh the original movie he did for hunter was fear and loathing in las vegas so that was actually the other book that he did. So that's who Hunter S. Thompson is, and that's why you've you've probably heard that name. And if you remember, at if you saw the movie at the very end, they gave a little dedication. It turns out that uh, Hunter passed away uh, fairly recent after the movie was made. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, one of the things I discovered was that the genre for this was considered a comedy and drama, and I, I think it did kind of. Fit both that roles because there was some humor and there was some drama happening. Uh, But I can say that the book to the movie did not translate well. Um, It it was not an interesting movie, Uh, at least it wasn't to me. it didn't really keep my interest. Actually, the only thing that really kept my interest were some of the other fantastic actors. I mean, I I would like to say John did really well in this movie. Um, But the other fantastic actors in this was Giovanni Ribisi. And he was, he was always the always drugged out roommate. And uh, also Richard Jenkins is his boss. Now, Giovanni Ribisi, he is a fantastic actor. He's in a lot of things. Currently, he's in a show on Paramount called The Offer. And I believe the character's name is the mob boss Colombo. He's doing a fantastic job on that. And he's been around for a very long time. He was also on Friends. He was um, Phoebe's uh, younger brother or half-brother or something like that. And Phoebe ended up having babies for uh, him and his wife. So that's also where you might recognize him from. But uh, Richard Jenkins, oh my gosh, she's got a long history too. Richard Jenkins, uh, one of my favorite roles from him was the dad on the movie Step Brothers, you know, with uh, Will Ferrell. That's where a lot of us remember Richard Jenkins from was was that was that stepfather? Some really interesting, interesting facts about the movie. Uh, there were scheduled other A-list celebrities uh, such as Benicio del Toro, Brad Pitt, Josh Hartnett, and Nick Nolte were slated to appear, but for some reason they didn't. Now here's an interesting thing. So, um, so Amber Heard's character, Amber Heard's character had other. Actresses vying for the part, and that was Scarlett Johansson and Kira Knightley. So they were being considered for Chenault, which was the name of Amber's character. I did look up to see how much this movie made. So this movie had a budget of 45 million, which I'm sure a lot of it was the salary of Johnny Depp, and it only made about about $24 million. So that's a huge loss in the box office thing there. So um, yeah, I found that to be kind of interesting. I ended up uh, doing all the research for Amber Heard and uh, my partner was supposed to do Johnny Depp, but I do know a handful of things about Johnny Depp that I can talk about. In the movie, Johnny Depp plays this um, alcoholic writer for a newspaper. We don't know what he writes about. He, he never gets around to really writing any articles or anything. So that's a little confusing. He His first day in Puerto Rico and he goes to the newspaper and he walks up to the boss and he's already having issues with the people that are working there he already has an issue with the boss. I mean, and he hasn't exactly been hired yet. So it, it was really interesting that he just kind of came in at this or the character comes in at this and just kind of takes the job. I I think from the movie, he took the job because he just kind of didn't have anything else going on or something. I don't know, but it didn't look like a, a really great situation. But nonetheless, he takes the job and all chaos ensues. He ends up having a roommate that's one of the guys from work. That roommate's a little crazy. He ends up being his partner in crime and everything. And then they actually have a third roommate, which is Giovanni, which I was talking about earlier. And he's, he's kind of like a fun in and out character that comes in and stuff. So in the meanwhile, he friends one of the fancier dudes on the newspaper. I'm actually not even really sure who he was. I thought he was part of the newspaper, but then he was really wealthy and had this gorgeous house on the beach with this pretty girlfriend and the pretty girlfriend's Amber Heard. It was a little confusing, everyone's relationships, and a lot of the other characters didn't really develop well. I mean, you had surface level stuff, like you knew the guy was rich, he did drugs, he had a boat, he had two parents that randomly showed up one day. I mean, yeah, it just... He had a party. I, I don't know. There, there, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on with this movie. I, I particularly did not find it very interesting. I don't necessarily think it was a guy movie. I just don't think it, it had a lot of substance to it. It wasn't really well written. There was some really fantastic scenes and some great acting. Uh, so I'll go with that. But overall, it, it just it, it, the movie just didn't really land on me. It was a little bit boring in, in some parts. But I watched it actively through the whole thing. So I I had the focus on Amber Heard. So a a little bit about Amber's role in this movie. And I can't say good things. And the reason why I say that is because she played a, I'll call it a blonde bombshell. How's that? Uh, There's other terms for it. But let's just say she she was playing the blonde bombshell. And she basically had about six scenes. And in her scenes, her first scene, she was skinny dipping in the ocean and Johnny Depp accidentally finds her. Uh, They have a very small exchange, uh, not very deep conversation, no long monologues, not a lot of acting, but she's in the water. You can tell she's nude, uh, but you don't see that she's nude, but you can tell that she's nude. And uh, because she, I think she makes reference that her clothes are on the beach or something. And um, so there's that. And then the next encounter, The next scene you see her in was a couple scenes later, and Johnny Depp is with the rich guy from work at his beach house, and his girlfriend comes in in this very white, thin wrap around her, and you can kind of see her buttocks line through it. It doesn't seem like she's wearing anything underneath This thin wrap thing, but she can't quite tell. So it's like iffy. And all she is doing is walking in and around the house. You know, she's literally just parading around. Then she, uh, Johnny Depp comes back to the house another time. And Amber Hearst's character is having sex with her boyfriend out by the boat. Uh, So there's like a boat kind of launched out away from his house, anchored out there. And they're holding on to the bow which is the front of the boat and they're having sex. And it's just kind of like shadow sex in the sense of like, you just see the light against them. And then you do see them, you know, you do see, you know, that she's wearing a bathing suit type of thing, but the sex scene. Oh my God. It was kind of awkward. It, I I don't know what that was. It was not sexy. You know, It, it wasn't like, uh, at least it wasn't sexy to me. I mean, I I don't know what anyone else would think, but it just, it just, it didn't have like a sex appeal to it. It just seemed like some type of mechanical robot having sex with a human being. I mean, that's all I could say. They really didn't have like a, oh like a blushing kind of like, oh, I'm a little embarrassed because I'm seeing that. I think the the rich guy who's having sex by the boat, his parents come in and interrupts Johnny from staring and watching Amber and the rich guy having sex. So it, it wasn't all that great of a scene. So that's the other scene. That was the third scene she was in. The fourth scene was the rich guy told Johnny Depp's character to go pick up his girlfriend for No real good reason. It it didn't even make sense to why he needed to go pick her up. I mean, like a gazillion other people could have gone to pick her up. Nonetheless, Johnny Depp is in this beautiful red convertible car and they're in it and they're just kind of flirting around and she starts putting on the seductress type of moves on him. And she plays kind of like this truth of dare with him and puts her hand on his leg to press his foot down and make the car go really fast. And then they get to this point where he has to screech on the brakes because otherwise they'll just drive into the waters it wasn't that great of a scene they get out of the car and they're like you know like whoa that was really scary so they have like this moment where they're standing way too close to each other she kind of goes in a little bit for the kiss and he just kind of walks away and says get back in the car type of thing so they go back in the car but here's the thing i didn't understand they didn't have that much interaction with each other. So at this point. So I didn't understand why there would be a chemistry between them or just their their act their roles. Like those characters, there was no reason why those two characters in the movie should have had this chemistry this early on. I mean, I, I understand from movie sakes. They push stuff along, but this even hit like hallmark standards of bullet points of getting to love really quickly. So it it didn't make sense. It just seemed, I don't know. It just seemed like, oh, let's just throw this in. Let's see if we can make some chemistry from them. There was no reason. It wasn't like they sat down and had like a deep conversation about their likes and dislikes and what they want for their future or anything like that. We had no idea why they would even be attracted to each other. So I guess that's why I was so confused. So the fifth scene she's in, she is hanging out with Johnny Depp at a party at her boyfriend's house. And she's literally sitting on like the couch arm and Johnny Depp sitting next to her. And we don't know why they're not having a conversation. They have like some glances at each other, but it's like, wait, you guys don't know each other that well yet. You know, like it it just didn't feel like that should have been there. So the next scene she has, she leaves her boyfriends for reasons we don't know. We, we don't know why she left the boyfriend. She just one day left the boyfriend and shows up at Johnny Depp's room. We, we, we don't know why and make no sense. So then the boyfriend figures out that the two of them have some chemistry together and throws all of her clothes out and kind of says, Good rid. So Johnny grabs the clothes, brings them back, and they're at his apartment, which is this crappy apartment. And he's taking a shower. She opens it up and they have this beautiful and amazing kiss. And according to all the the records from them, they said that that was the moment they both knew that there was chemistry in real life between them. So that was kind of interesting. It was a nice kiss, you know, I mean, it, the camera angles and all whatnot were really nice. And it was kind of cool to see Johnny Depp all wet and shiny in the shower type of thing. So it was nice. It was kind of sexy. But again, you know, what was the motive for the girl kissing him? Was it like he was her hero? Was it she was bored? You know, we don't know why they wanted to be together. So there was a lot of unknown reasons for that. So the rest of the movie finishes and I don't know. It it just, it didn't end well. In fact, so Amber Heard's character took a plane to get out of Puerto Rico. And then Johnny Depp's character ended up taking a boat to get out of Puerto Rico. So that's what it was. And that's how it ended. And it was just so lackluster. So overall, the movie just, it really didn't go anywhere. It really didn't develop the characters. You know, as an actor, you know, those are the type of things I look for. You know, I look at how uh, an actor is developing their character where they take that character. Do they have different dimensions, different levels to them? And some of the actors are able to do that. Some of the actors are able to really bring a, a wonderful life to their characters in this movie, You know, such as uh, Giovanni's role in this, uh, Richard Jenkins. They had great... And Johnny Depp, too. D- do not let me forget to keep saying that. Johnny Depp did fantastic in this movie. I should say his acting is... Wonderful. Uh, And, and almost every movie, he, he's a method actor, which is a very difficult, difficult technique to do. And so if you don't know what method acting is, it means that not only are you in that character all throughout the movie, but you're in that character off, off screen, like when the cameras are not on. So when you're going to lunch, when you're going to, to the bathroom, you're still in that character. I don't know how he does that. It's a lot of energy. Uh, God bless him because honestly I, I could not do that I am not that talented to be a method actor I would like to be maybe I'll learn it someday but uh, yeah he he's really really good and he uh, there, there's a lot of information out there where he had stopped drinking for a while so that when he started drinking as his character he would immediately be able to start feeling the effects of you know how much alcohol he was drinking and apparently I guess he was drinking on the set so, Good for him. I mean, that had to be kind of fun too. But yeah, overall, the actors did really well with the exception of Amber. And the reason why I say that is because here's the thing. When you play blonde bombshell type roles, which she does in almost every single movie she's in, she plays all the blonde bombshells. There is not a lot of arc to the character because the blonde bombshell, all they do is they... Pretty much just walk around and parade around being very, very beautiful. And she was. She was very beautiful in this movie. That's pretty much it. They're not very deep characters. They don't have a lot of layers to them. Uh, typically, they don't have a lot of role or a lot of scenes where they're talking, I could say. I mean, they might be in a lot of scenes because they're eye candy, but they don't typically say a lot of stuff. And they're not a very deep character. So they're not very hard to play. And Amber Heard, not only in this movie, but several, several of her other movies, that's the role she plays. She plays a blonde bombshell. Now you're saying, well you know, that's not a bad way to get in. It's not, you know, Cameron Diaz did this. Cameron Diaz was a blonde bombshell when she first started out, but she was able to develop her acting and develop her characters. And she became more and more and more. And in addition to her being the blonde bombshell, you know, she had substance to her. I'm just saying this off the top of my head. I think Cameron Diaz, one of her first films was uh, The Mask with Jim Carrey, where she played the bomb the blonde bombshell she did great she did really great they actually gave her some com- you know some comedic lines to do and but again she wasn't that deep of a character she but she made it her own and she was able to take herself out of just being a blonde bombshell. And and that's the example that I'm trying to explain here is that Amber Heard could have easily in any of her movies taken herself uh, further past the blonde bombshell. And what you do is you add more layers to that character. You add more depth to who they are by the way you're moving, by the way you're acting, by the way you look at people. And she was just there. She was just doing the standard stereotypical blonde bombshell and she honestly doesn't really stand out in the movie not only because she wasn't in a lot of scenes but because she just wasn't memorable as as an actor that way i mean that's just from my opinion as when i look at movies i look at the actors that are memorable to me and she just wasn't memorable except that she was just pretty speaking of amber being a beautiful woman she has won a lot of uh, awards for being beautiful she was uh, ranked 21 on the Maxim magazine, Hot 100 Women of 2008. And then by 2010, she ranked 13 in the Maxim magazine. So she was a really beautiful woman. And, and when you look at her, yeah, she is. And, she, oh, I'm sorry. And she also ranked 34 as FHM of 100 Sexiest Women in the World. So, yeah, she she's she is, I am going to say she still is, she still is a very beautiful woman, but as an actor, yeah, it's not there. It is not there. I got to see some of her other movies like Pineapple Express. Again, she, she does not play a very deep character. She's just kind of a supporting actress, which I get because I get a lot of supporting roles myself. So I, I get that, but you can make that character your own. And what I see in her acting is just someone who's at a surface level. You know, they just take uh, the surface level of what that, uh, that uh, character is supposed to be, and then that's it. So let's say, for instance, uh, she was just an angry customer at the grocery store. She would just walk in super angry and then leave she might not give herself a little bit of a backstory to that character. Cause a lot of times, uh, you know, when you get scripts, they don't give you a lot of backstory. So you, you create your own and she could not just be an angry customer that walks in. She could be, she could be a mom of three and all of her kids are screaming and she's got three kids, a dog and her sister in the car waiting for her and all she needs to do is get some formula, but the manager's telling her that they're all out of her supply and she's really angry. And you could even do even more than that. You could think, oh, and she's on time restraint, so she's got to pick up a kid from school. You could do a whole scenario in your head about who you think you are as an actor when you're doing that one moment, that one scene, and make yourself stand out. And none of her movies does she ever stand out. She plays a very surface-level of acting in, in her, in her roles. And it's sad because she has a potential and she had, I should say, cause she's done years, well over a decade of uh, films, but she could have easily done similar things to what Cameron Diaz has done, which is to really put herself out to really get into her acting a little bit more And really develop herself, but she didn't, you know, she just takes acting as the surface level. And what that tells me, too, is that when I see actors just at a superficial level, just take the character for what it says it is on paper that tells me that the actor's not serious about acting, that they're not taking classes and courses to perfect their craft. That tells me that they're in it for money, fame, ego, you know, that that's not someone who really loves acting. And that gets me to, you know, an interesting point as an actor myself, I'm always taking classes. You know, I'm always learning something new. Sometimes, you know, like I'll just go on YouTube and check something out. Like, I can tell you one thing that I have in common with Amber Heard. I cannot cry on demand. Okay. But I have found some tricks and I went on YouTube, like how do other actors try to cry on command? You know, and um, I, and I've tried some of some of them work. Some of them don't, some of them don't work twice. So um, it is a very, very hard thing to do. And it can be a dark place, especially crying on, on command. So I, I totally get that. But at the same time, I I think we all saw, uh, you know, when she was on trial and she was crying, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I'll say it out loud. When I'm trying to cry, my nose will fill up. Okay. When I'm like trying to cry as an actor, because again, like I said, I cannot cry on demand that well. And my nose will fill up because I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to, you know, I'm mentally trying to get myself there And my nose will fill up. And I don't know if anyone notices that at the end of her speech on the stand, after she was attempting to cry, she only blew her nose. She didn't dab the tears underneath her eyes. She was just trying to, she blew her nose twice. And it's like, oh, girl, I'm sorry. (laughs) But yeah, faking it. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing I said. And I said, to, you know, I remember turning to my husband going, uh, she just totally faked that because first of all, there was no tears coming out of her eyes. And second, that n- nose being filled up is the same thing that happens to me when I'm trying to cry as an actor, you know, because if I'm crying in real life, the tears come first and then the nose fills up. Anyways, so that's, that's my two cents on that. One of the things I was really interested in about Amber Heard was I was really, I wanted to see if she was a little bit of a gold digger and an opportunist. I should say, let me just say it that way. I think she was an opportunist because I wanted to see where her dating life and her acting life correlated. All right. And she has a very interesting dating life, to, to be honest. But at the same time, her dating life is very convenient, okay? Because uh, when she was starting out, she came out, like came out at the GLAD's 25th anniversary event when she started dating a photographer called Taysa Van Ree. And apparently the romance was really intense. And Heard actually changed her last name legally to Van Ri during their courtship. So I thought that was really interesting. And I looked up this photographer and, oh my God, she's amazing. I, I apologize. I, I didn't know who she was prior to this. But if you have a chance to look at her Instagram page, please do. It's She has the most beautiful photography. I was just stunned stunned. Just stunned. Uh, apparently, you know, uh, this photographer, Taysa, is very popular. And I like I just mentioned, I can see why. She's very, very talented. Such a unique take, too, on photography as well. Anyways, uh, one of the things I discovered was that Amber was arrested for domestic violence against Tesa after they had an altercation at the Seattle airport. And then I, I just... You know, and years later, they say that uh, uh, Taysa said that it was just a mis- misinterpreted event. It's like, really? No, I think everyone interpreted that because if it was misinterpreted, she would have immediately come out about that saying, hey, hey, you know, she tripped and fell or I tripped and fell, you know, it would have come out immediately. But to come out years later, it was just like. Uh, Maybe they had a fight and it just got too far and all this other kind of stuff. So uh, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, the other thing, too, about Amber coming out for Glad's 25th anniversary, she got a lot of publicity for that. She got a lot of photographs. She was, you know, tons and tons of pictures everywhere. And it really started catapulting her towards more films you know she started doing more films like uh you know pineapple express and that's where she meets james franco if anyone was trying to figure out where she met james franco so they met there and then she ends up doing another film for james franco but again it's only a a very small supporting role so it's not that big of a role she left tasa because she got arrested and then the couple split and then Amber ended up reinstating her, her regular birth name. So now we all know that she met Johnny Depp on the set of the movie of The Rum Diary, which we just talked about. And she started dating him in about 2011. They got married in 2015 and they divorced in 2016. And like I mentioned, she said, and he said, actually, that the shower kissing was a real moment and not a fake one. I could not find all the details on how she met Elon Musk, which is the next guy she dated right after Johnny Depp. And I think that's why he had a lot of suspicions that they were having an affair together because like, I think we see some film footage in the elevator, the two of them together, because they end up dating right after she leaves Johnny Depp. So it's like, really? Uh, but they dated for about two years. So yeah, I don't know why it didn't work out. It doesn't say, but, uh, and then she moved on to dating an art dealer for less than a year. His name was Vito Schnabel. And then for about like a month, I think she dated a guy named Andre Muschetti. And then in 2020, she circles back around and starts dating another woman whose name is Bianca Beauty, and that was in January 2020, and that was really convenient. Now, one of the things I will say when I was looking at some of the pictures is that um, when Amber was with the two women, so when she was with Taysa and when she was with Bianca, the way... Uh, Amber carried herself with those women was much differently than when she was with the men. So when she was with men, she was a little bit shy. She was a little bit demure. She was a little bit unsure. Um, But then when she was with the two women, she was very strong. She looked very independent. You know, she, she, she had a lot of strength looking in those photographs. And I started thinking about that. It's like, why is that, you know? And that's because... In my opinion, I think the reason why she was doing that, it was to kind of go back. So the first time she got pictured around with Taysa, that really helped catapulted her into some more publicity, some more fame, some more movie opportunities. And I think when she decided to start dating Bianca, I, I think she was hoping to that would happen again. You know, I, I just have this gut feeling that she thought it was going to happen again. And, and it didn't because soon after they didn't last too long and she ended up breaking up. She ended up getting pregnant. It sounded like it was like a sperm donor and they're not sure who it is. And there's a lot of speculation that it could be Elon Musk. Who knows? But I can tell you that when Amber was with Johnny, her opportunities were bigger. She got a bigger agent. She was in bigger movies like with Christopher Walken and she was getting lead roles. But the thing is, is that when Amber has, she has three movies where she had lead roles and she doesn't carry it off. She doesn't know how to develop the character. She plays to the note of what's supposed to be. So when the character's mad, she's mad. When the character is upset, she's upset. And there's no other elements to that. As an actress myself, when you look at a character and they're having an emotional moment, whether it's anger, sad, happy, crying, whatever, you have to give it more depth than that initial description on the page, on your script that says, then they suddenly outburst in anger, right? So you have to think about, well, why would my character just burst out in anger? well, maybe they've been tortured all their life with all this mental abuse. So now they, they're they having their moment where they've got to stand up and fight for themselves. And so they have this outburst at this precise moment because they've had all these years of abuse and they're going to just shout out to the world like, I'm not going to take it anymore. you know. And when you do that, you can feel the rise. You can feel the buildup. You'll see it in just a little inklings in your brows and your eyes and your face and she does nothing to that you look at christopher walken in the movie she's in with him and he does well he plays a little bit more of a comedic role in it but uh, he still has little fluxes and twinges to his character because he understands his role he understands his character and that's where she falls flat on. And I can say from, from my point of view, I, I'm not seeing it from her. So yeah, I, I don't see Amber as a, a strong actor. I think she'll always be supporting or, you know, like a few minutes. And from what I understand, that in the latest Aquaman 2, she has, like a, she has 10 minutes of total screen time. And it's like, oh, that's too bad. You know, because she has the potential to be there. Because one of the things that uh, the movie she was in with Christopher Walken, she learned the guitar. She took singing lessons. So there's some elements that are there. But again, if you're just taking guitar lessons and singing lessons and not bringing the character to life, then what are we seeing? We're just seeing a shell of a person delivering lines. That's like going to a concert and having them play their their, uh, their music, uh, that was pre-recorded throughout the whole show. You know, it's like, well, you already know what the words are. You already know how the melody goes. Why should we go to a place, pay for parking, pay for tickets, sit in a seat and listen to someone replay their music that I could have listened to at home. So that's kind of how Amber's acting is. It's, it's not there and it, it could be there. I mean, anybody has the potential, to be a great actress, you know, they, they really do. So I, I I don't want to put her down completely, but I can tell that based on who she dated, comparing it to her movies, to her life, how she did use the opportunity of a fame and the people that she was with, she used them to get ahead. She used Johnny Depp to get a better agent, to get a better, to try to get better roles. But the thing is, is that if you're not ready for that opportunity, you're not going to get the great roles. You you really aren't. You know, I, I think she thought that if she was with Johnny Depp, she would get the bigger things. And probably all she got was just like a, a little bit bigger of a paycheck. That's for the Aquaman thing. She she really could have developed that character even better. I, I got to see those scenes because they're all over YouTube because I, I haven't watched the Aquaman movies in full. But I saw them, and yeah, again, she's actually playing the bombshell because Mira is is just really pretty. And unfortunately, she doesn't bring any any deeper level to those characters, and you easily can. You look at any Marvel or uh, DC Universe characters, and a lot of actors will put so much into them. In fact, go back and look at some of your favorite characters in, uh, you know, like superhero characters, and you can bring a lot to them. You can. I'm, I'm sure a lot of us have watched the trial, and I would say one of my favorite things that just recently happened was Amber Heard was on the Today Show and being interviewed. And I just thought it was such a mistake. The reason why I thought it was a mistake for her to do this is because. She ended up kind of securing any ugly feelings you might have about her, just really put them into place. In the beginning, when she's talking, she she's sounding very sympathetic and very sorrowful and very sad, you know, like, "Oh, this is so sad." But then she hits a point with the interviewer where she said she starts talking about the First Amendment right, and the interviewer, I believe it's Susanna, comes back to her and gives her just a quick explanation, well, the First Amendment right is freedom of speech, but it doesn't mean that you can lie about it. And so what Amber Heard does in response is to give the interviewer a full-on lecture on what the First Amendment right means. Now, I don't know if you know this, but typically narcissists do this type of behavior. That's right. They like to be the ones who know everything, that they are smarter than you. They want to be the one in charge. And the first thing Amber starts talking about was the First Amendment right, and she goes back to her about it, and that's where it got messed up. That was like a triggering point. When I heard her say that, that was really surprising. And here's the thing. She went from talking very sorrowful about what has been going on with her since the trial to all of a sudden, this snarky attitude that she knows better than the interviewer. And I was just like, oh, you just blew it. And then my favorite question, just like a few moments after that, I think it was like the next question or two, the interviewer asks her, she says, oh, so do you think Johnny Depp's lawyers just were better or more skilled at the trial than yours? And because they, they made fun of your acting. And you see, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to laugh. You can see the facial change and the disgust on her face. She gets like this little Elvis curl on her lip and she gets disgusted with the interviewer. You can just tell. And she gets disgusted with thinking about it. And she says, this coming from the lawyer who defended a guy who had scissors for hands And she says it's so angry and so sarcastic and so disgusted. It's like, you see those three layers you just put there? That's what you should be doing to your acting. That's what you should be doing to your acting. But that was also a tell. That was also a tell moment when you realize, oh my God, Amber Heard's a narcissist and an opportunist and just... Not a cool person, not a cool person. so i I was just surprised. I, I was really surprised that she would say that. Um, I really wish that she had some rehearsed answers. you know? Here's the thing. I absolutely think that Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's relationship was extremely tough. And look, we can all understand that. you know we we've all had that relationship that shouldn't have been. It was toxic. You said stuff you shouldn't be saying and you've never said again. You never said it even before that. Um, you know, you just bring out the worst in each other. And stuff happened between them. I do. I I, you know, if he's drinking and doing drugs, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think he spoke on technicality. I think he did not physically hurt her. Uh and, and I mean let me let me back that up. I think he didn't physically punch her or hit her because that's what they were going after was kind of like those two words. What I think he did is I do think he might have pulled her hair. That's not punching, and that's not hitting. Um, and, and let me just say, I'm not excusing that. I'm just saying I'm noticing the technicalities here. Um, I think that he threw stuff at her. I think she threw stuff at him. I, I totally agree with that. I, I think. They were physical with each other. Um, but I think the technicality of him actually hitting her or punching her was the technicality that he always kind of stood on. But I think there's some physicality there because they were clearly toxic with each other. And with him drinking and possibly doing drugs all the time, and he admitted to that, I think there's times that maybe he kind of blacked out from all that. You know, I, I think there's a strong possibility. So, um, but do I think she's a victim? A little bit. I do. I do think she's a little bit of a victim uh, to that relationship. But I do think she was equal. I don't excuse that. I'm just saying I absolutely think it was there on both their sides. So I'm, yeah, I think it was there on both of the sides. And I think he was able to prove to not only himself and the, the jury that he did not technically hit her or punch her. So there's that. And do I think she did to him? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's without a doubt proven. So yeah, I mean, I think the jury was right. I I have no issues with their decisions. What she did say on the Today Show was that she was not a good victim. And she kind of explained it, you know, like I think people are having a certain expectation of what a victim looks like or what they should be or how they should act. And she's right. But that being said, I don't think she should have gone on that PR tour because of that. Because now she is just proving why we don't like her. And I'm sorry. You know, I I want to like her. I'm still trying to give her that chance. But it's just difficult when she comes across in a non-forgiving way. And one of the things she should have done for this interview instead of defending herself for the trial, which she could have done and what she could have said when the interviewers started asking her about the court trial was saying, Hey, you know what? I, I know you really want to ask me all that. And I really want to answer, but you know, I've moved on and I need to get on with my life. And I'm hopefully going to try to do better because whether it's in relationships, whether it's myself, I just, I want better things for myself, for my daughter. I just want to do better and put this behind me and and get on with my life. But instead, she sat around and just did these interviews defending the trial and she still doesn't look good. So whoever is her PR team, they should be fired. So with her lawyer running around doing all these talk shows and Amber doing the Today Show, I, you know what? I don't think that was right to do. I think she should have just taken a step back and say, let me recoup my losses and re-strategize here. Because coming out and talking about the trial like she's doing is only giving us the answers we were looking for about her. She comes across fake. She comes across opportunist. She comes across angry. She comes across not likable. And I think she should... Regroup and rebrand. I I think there's a lot of opportunity there for her. I I do believe she had a toxic relationship with Johnny Depp. I do believe some physicalities happen. I think that she's an opportunist big time. And I think she needs to get her stuff together. She needs to regroup and rebrand. And, And that's basically what it comes down to. So I wanted to talk about Johnny Depp for a little bit. I just wanted to talk about uh, what I know from Johnny Depp. One of the things I do know about Johnny Depp is that he actually always wanted to be a musician. He was in a band. Uh, He was kind of discovered that way as an actor, and they kind of forced him to start doing acting, and he was just like, no, I want to be a musician. But somehow, some way, they talked him into it, and he agreed, and this is where we're at now. He's a fantastic actor. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but he's been playing with a lot of different bands out in the UK and all out there and stuff. And that's so great. He is technically a musician. and He's technically a singer. So I think that's really wonderful to see him still pursuing that passion. So I just wanted to say that overall, The Rum Diary was was not a great movie. It had great actors in it. They did a great job to their characters, but the plot... The storyline, it just, it didn't go anywhere. It was kind of boring. The characters were great. I I liked the characters, but I didn't, their relationships, overall, their relationships weren't all that great in in terms of their relationships to each other. Um, As far as their own character, yeah, all the actors totally made it their own. The actors did a great job. Um, As far as Amber Heard, she's not, you know, I want to, I want to give her this. I, I think she has the potential to do it if she wanted it, but I don't think she wants it. I think she wants opportunity. I think she wants money. I think she wants fame. I think she wants an ego. And um, frankly, I'm kind of triggered by her because I think she's a narcissist. So mm, there's that. I can tell you, I actually have a personal story about Johnny Depp. And so you're like, what? How would you even meet Johnny Depp? You're, you're, You're like a A Z-level actor, and I'm like, yeah, I totally know how to write this because I worked for Disney as an approved vendor, and I still can't say everything about the job, but I can say some things and change a little bit of some information around just to kind of get my point across of what was happening so that you'll understand why I was doing things. Okay. I can't say what I did, but I can tell you that I had a job that directly affected the guests of the park and the cast member. And with my job, there was always like a sequence of events that would happen to me. So I would get an alert on my phone that would tell me if there was an urgent manner that I would have to immediately go to and address. And so when I got that notification, I would have to, in turn, respond to it and give like an ETA on my time. And if I don't respond to it, I would get a call. If I don't respond to the call, then a representative from Disney starts trying to find me. They start calling me or they start looking for me somewhere in the park. And that's never good. It was never allowed to be escalated to that point. So I was, you know, if I had Disney coming after me, I I was, up a creek without a paddle. And it very, very rarely happened. And, and they were always pretty forgiving because it was normally something out of my control. So there are three gates to the park. So Disneyland Park. So between Disneyland and California Adventures, there's three gates to get in backstage. And that information is not private. You can that's a visual thing. If you drove around Disney, you would see it. So there's two gates to get into Disneyland, and it circled all almost all the way around um, to And then would end at California Adventure. So California Adventure had the third gate. Um, So it was like two in Disney and one in California Adventure. And then we also had gates that went into downtown Disney and gates that also went into the hotels. So that was my job. I had to go all day long. I was going in and out of the gates to the hotels, downtown Disney, regular Disney, California Adventure. Okay. Now, typically, when I would go up to the gates, I had to have um, all sorts of paperwork and passes to get in. I can't talk about what those were, but um, I can tell you that if you didn't have all that paperwork and all the passes to get in, it was typically a wait for someone behind you. Okay, so it, it if I was like stuck behind someone who didn't have the right authority or maybe a pass had expired or You know, some of their other paperwork had expired. It would alert the security guard and then they have to go through all this, all this stuff. And it was normally a big headache and you were waiting there for quite some time. Uh, It was always really, really difficult to get people through. So I had, you know, like I mentioned before, like I had time restraints with my job uh, to a certain degree. You know, like when I got that notification that there was a problem, I had to go, I had to pretty much stop what I was doing and go address it. All right. It was was that type of level. And normally they didn't want us to be more than about 30 minutes. So typically 15 minutes was about the time I could get to places and stuff, depending on where I was at. You know, sometimes I would have to use the full 30 minutes to get there. Anyway, so I was in downtown Disney and I got a notification that there was a problem inside the Disneyland park. So I checked in, uh, I was finishing up anyways in downtown Disney and I gave myself 15 minutes. I knew I'd be there sooner because I was actually just about done. I finally, I, I leave downtown Disney. I get up to the first Disneyland gate and there's a white van that pulled up just like right in front of me. Um, they didn't cut me off. They just, they were just in front of me and I'm waiting for them to be done. And now all of a sudden I can tell that the van didn't have their paperwork because You start seeing security reacting to it and you're like, oh, your body goes limp. Like there's like a certain behavior, the way they're calling people on the phone, the way they're moving around. You could just tell and you're like, oh no, like my body totally gets limp. And typically it's, it's about like, I don't know, just depending on what the problem is, it's about a five, 10 minute problem. Okay. At this point, I, it was at a 15 minute problem. So I'm like, oh no. I'm going to hit those notifications on my phone. So I'm like, oh man. And it was just going on and on and on. And so I was just, oh, I was just getting so frustrated. And so all of a sudden my 15 minutes is up and I get the phone call. So I'm like, hey, you know, I'm at, I'm at, I'm stuck at the gate. There's a van in front of me. They clearly don't have their passes. And, it, you know, it looks like they maybe got a manager. Cause I saw like a golf cart, a Disney golf cart pull up. Um, so maybe they're trying to figure it out, but I said, I'm, I'm stuck at the gate. There's, there's nothing I can do. And they're like, oh, all right. So they must've not have, um, informed. Uh, I I don't know how they used to inform Disney that if I was running late, I think it was just a quick text message or something, but somebody didn't. So all of a sudden I, about 10 minutes later, I'm still sitting there. It's about like, what, 25 minutes later. Um, so it's like another 10 more minutes. And I'm getting really anxious. I'm like, oh man, you know, this, this really, really sucks. At the 25 minute mark, I actually get the phone call from Disney and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And I see that, you know, her number's coming up. I'm like, oh no. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, this is what gate number I'm at. I've been stuck here. There's this white van. I, you know, uh, they must not have all their passes. I I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get there as soon as I can. She's like, oh, no problems left. I end up just sitting there for another ten more minutes, and I'm just screaming in my head like, "Hurry up! Seriously, why do people do this?" Ah! You know, like just so angry, and I'm just like so mad, and I'm just like my face is turning red. I could just feel my blood pressure boiling up. I'm like, God, "Dang it! Seriously, I just, I just got to go in and do my job. Why does this happen?" You know, I'm just. I'm like fed up. I'm tired. It was, you know, I, I'm sweaty. I've been working all day. I'm just like, you know, hurry up, pal. You, you can do better. You can do better than this. So about that time, out of nowhere, about eight Disney carts, golf carts, and a security flashing car just come whooshing forward out and of, out of anywhere. I don't know. They just came from all over and they came rushing up to the gate. So right when they got up, the arm of the security gate just lifts up whoosh, and the van drives in and all the, the golf cars and security van, they just came up and they, they escort this van. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness it's over. You know, so I pull up and I was, I mean, I was just so frustrated and I'm just like, just don't take it out on security. You know, I would never take it out on security. They were very nice. And I just, you know, just like, Hey, you know what? what happened? You know, what was going on? And she goes, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this, but that was Johnny Depp in the band. I'm like, what? Yeah. So all the security that was at the, the, the gate, they were all flustered. They were red and it was all women that day. So they were really flustered and they're just like, oh my God, he's so cute. He was dressed up as Jack Sparrow and blah, 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 blah. And, and, oh, he was so nice. He shook my hand and you know, I'm like, oh. Well, that's good for you, but could you just let me in because I, you know, I mean, I was happy for them, but I'm just like, oh no. And then they pretended to try to tell me for five more minutes about everything that went on. And it was just, it was just, you know, paperwork and getting the right people to come up and all this other kind of stuff. So, um, that's why I had road rage against Johnny Depp is because he didn't, him and the Disney crew that picked him up, didn't have all the pop proper paperwork to bring him in. And everybody was flipping out about it. So anyways, if you want to know the exact date of that, that was April 26, 2017. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember. I just remembered it was in April of 2017. And then when I looked it up, it it looks like it was April 26, 2017, because there was a lot of people who took videos of it. And just know, probably about a half hour before you saw Johnny Depp. I was screaming at him in my car behind him. (laughs) Anyways, I just wanted to thank you for listening to Ladies on the Roll. Please subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. And hopefully next time my partner in crime will be with us. So have a great day.